The nine-game Knicks win streak has come to an end after a close loss to the Suns on Monday. We'll talk about the dazzling streak, how fun the Knicks are to watch right now, and look ahead to their six-game West Coast road trip. Our special guest this week, one of the NBA's greatest players of all time, it's Basketball Hall of Famer, and it's the birthday boy, the Iceman, George Gervin. He'll join us, so buckle up. We got a brand new episode of Big Apple Buckets that's coming up next from the New York Post. Welcome back to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Sal Licata, alongside my co-host, former Knicks and NBA big man, Jerome the Junkyard Dog <laughs> Williams. You'll hear our producer, Jake Brown, throughout the show as well. Go into Apple Podcasts now, subscribe to the show, then give us a five-star rating, write a nice review. It's easy, it's free, and we truly do appreciate you joining us each and every week for what has been just an unbelievably fun Knicks season. New episodes drop every Tuesday, and this week, our special guest will be joined a little bit later in the podcast by NBA legend, Hall of Famer, George the Iceman Gervin, JYD, pulling out the legends for Big Apple Buckets podcast. JYD, before we get to the Iceman, I mean, how about this Knicks team? I know they lose on Monday night to the Suns in a close game that stops the nine-game win streak, and we'll get into the details of that in a second, but man, how about this win streak, JYD? We, we talked about it a little bit last week. You thought the Knicks were maybe going in the wrong direction, but yet they get off the mat. They win nine straight games, put themselves in a nice spot. They're still sitting pretty in the Eastern Conference right now at the fourth spot. They're tied with the Hawks, but they have the tiebreaker. So just overall, as the nine-game win streak came to an end Monday night, overall, your thoughts on this team where they're at right now heading to this final stretch of game i'm like any nick fan right now excitement is in the air i mean you know you take a game even last night comes down to the wire against a top team out west in phoenix with chris paul and devin booker i mean this team is proving itself and proving that they belong at this moment in the playoffs not to be just overshadowed by all these other great teams that are coming together but this is the time when you know dreams are made and and the foundation for the Knicks being perennial you know good team it starts now and Julius Randle and the rest of the New York Knicks are solidifying that you know that aura you got Derrick Rose who career wise was a part of the Knicks has come back And you see that veteran leadership in the end of these games and having big moments along that stretch of nine wins. If you would have told us last week, I'll give you nine out of these 10 games, you're going to win. Our eyes would have got big. (laughs) You know, our producer Jake would have been at the steakhouse already at Sizzler (laughs) because he knows that steak is warmed up. So that's what we like about, you know, that's what I like about this Nick team. They really solidified themselves. They solidify themselves as a as a true playoff team. No question about it that they are legit. Anybody who's thinking otherwise is foolish. And even if you have you know was skeptical about going into the game on Monday night against the Suns, as I was, you know, thinking, okay, well, the win streak's gonna end at some point. You're going against a tremendous team in Phoenix, who've been one of the best teams in the league all year long, but they still fought hard, even when it got away from them a little bit down the stretch. They still made it a, a little bit of a comeback there. And then Chris Paul, man, JYD, Chris Paul, that guy is still killing it. A circus shot. And then buries the Knicks with a clutch three 
corner, letting everybody know, you know, pumping his chest at the end of the game, letting everybody know in the garden in New York City that he still is the man. Man, Chris Paul, he's been unbelievable. And it makes you think, imagine if the Knicks had gotten him in this offseason or or potentially moving forward. But Chris Paul putting the dagger in the Knicks fans' hearts last night, ending their nine-game win streak. Man, I mean, I don't know if it was Chris Paul or Cliff Paul because (laughs) Cliff was on fire. I mean, this dude making these circus shots. I've only seen those in those, uh, you know, all state commercials or I'm, I'm sorry State Farm Farm there yeah. you go there you go they don't they don't sponsor our show so guess what yeah I'm gonna mess it up yeah I'm not I'm, I'm Jake from Big Apple Buckets not Jake from State Farm unfortunately or Drake from State Farm now Drake is in these commercials too but I mean how about those shots though JYD boy he shows you he's an assassin I can't even at this point in his career and he's got Chris Paul has the option player option next year for what 44 million bucks that's tough hard, yeah well hard to imagine turning that down however 44 million I give you 44 million reasons why I can buy this steak dinner. Yeah, right. For one year, he's not going to get that money, right? Forty. There's right. no way he's going to come close. But say somebody gives him three or four years, and then the question is, okay, so A, does he opt out? B, if he does opt out, would the Knicks or whatever team that would want him? And I don't think he's opting out of Phoenix to go anywhere other than New York, right? I mean, unless the Lakers would he got to come to New York. Listen, I, I put a three-year deal on the table for 65 if I was the Knicks. And would you do that from a player's perspective? He's turning down 44 for one, would you take three for 65? Three for 65. Yeah, he got, might be a little getting older and maybe a bag of bolts that last year. But guess what? Hey, that pick and roll, he's going to give whatever big man we have on our team five points a game extra. I don't know if he would take that. Like, I see something more realistic. If he, if it, say he turns down that money, two years, 75 million. Listen, he's going to be 36 years old next week, but he hasn't aged a bit. He Those shots he made, the Knicks played the best defense they could have played. One of them, I literally yelled at the TV. I was like, holy. How did he hit that? I, I said, know. holy SH, you know what? I was like, how did that go in at 35? Everyone's like, and we've said it. We're like, oh, he's old. You know, when we had Ash on, we were like, I don't yeah. know if we want Chris Paul. He's, he's showing us he's aging very gracefully and i think it would take something guys like a two-year 75 that's like 37 and a half million a year jake you just almost doubled what my offer was jake i mean come on man you just put me to that's shame. a sizzler offer i'm offering a, a peter luger's uh offer <laughs> JYD. But, he, but jyd he might be right from a player's perspective how the hell are you going to give up 40 i know that because he's getting old he's not going to get on the back end of, of, of a long-term deal whether it's two three four years he's not going to get a ton of money especially three or four years but how are you going to turn down 44 million guaranteed for one year in a place where he's having some team success i'm assuming he wants a championship now who knows how the season's going to play out i would think that he's gonna whether it's two or three years he's He's going to have to get a, a, a boatload of cash. And that's not the issue for the Knicks. I think the issue becomes, do you value what Chris Paul is and what he was versus what Lonzo Ball could be? And, you know, Knicks have cap space, so that's not the issue. It's just a matter of what type of performance you're going to get from a 36, 37-year-old Chris Paul versus a Lonzo Ball who you hope can get better. But right now, there's no question. Chris Paul, to me, is the perfect player. He is the exact missing piece from this Knicks team. A guy who's a veteran, a guy who's a closer, a point guard who could facilitate and shoot the lights out he's everything that they need everything everything i think he you know he, he checks all the boxes i'm with you jake 75 for two let's do it <laughs> no forget about ball in the family in new york it's paul in the family baby yeah, bring right. it to new york just imagine like i'm salivating like the prime rib i had at the game last week of oh. thinking of cp3 quickly barrett and even if you brought back Derek rose off the bench for another yeah. year you get rid of elford payton we like him but i don't know if he's a part of the future those four guards alone along with randall has to make you drool just at the thought of it no question 
Yeah, that definitely that definitely is a serious lineup right there. Man, you can put a lot of little pieces around that. And, and I like Peyton, but you're essentially taking a, a player who's got just, I mean, many other levels to his game. Peyton cannot shoot the way Chris Paul can. He's not the offensive player. You get solid defense and he attacks him. And he's been a good player here for Tom Thibodeau and this Knicks team. But that's where you would get a significant upgrade. Now, who knows? But uh, for now, unfortunately, we have to live with Paul breaking our hearts. And I really wanted that one. And not just because it would have been the 10th in a row, but because it was against a legitimate team like Phoenix. That really would have cemented the streak. However, it didn't happen. The Knicks now got to get back on the horse here. And you look at the West Coast trip we've talked about it really since the all-star break thinking about how the second half schedule for the Knicks was going to be tough could they hang on be 500 well they have to take care of business first on Wednesday night against the Bulls that is essentially a must-win game here because you lose that now you start worrying about that playoff positioning for real so they have to minimum take care of the games that you expect them to win and that would be Wednesday night against the Bulls and that would be Sunday taking on Houston the first game of that trip they got back to back after Houston it's Memphis on Monday night so it's not going to get easy for this team with the 10 games remaining here four at home six on the road we know they've gotten better they're playing better ball here and they're battling look they could go anywhere from fourth i guess down to eighth in that eastern conference but jyd we look at this team you talk about it being legitimate how do you see these next you know forget the next 10 games here the next three games before we record our podcast a week from today on tuesday bulls at home at houston at memphis i mean is this a spot where you're looking minimum two and one for this next team absolutely two and one you know i see the 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 hardest game being that memphis game you know not to say you know these other teams aren't can't have a sneaky win but they would be sneaky at this point the Knicks are a dominant team in the first two games for sure and the Memphis game obviously with John Morant he's been that kind of player all year if he gets hot and he gets things rolling he's going to be tough to stop but I mean, I think that they can go three and zero though. And and John John Wall done. You cannot lose to the the Wallless Rockets. You just cannot lose that game. And like you said, Sal, you got to beat the Bulls. The Garden's been rocking. I got to say, the Knicks deserved the standing ovation after that loss last night because I thought they fought tooth and nail. The whole win streak itself. I don't know about you guys, but it felt like every game was a playoff game. They were tight. You know, they blew out teams, but even the overtime games, they were tight. Every game was close. The Knicks fought their tails off, and it was really a magical nine game run to the point where tickets at the Guardian for tomorrow for last night to get in were $253. That doesn't tell you how people are excited and putting their money into this team with that limited capacity. I don't know what does. So I really hope they keep it rolling here. But man, they even after a loss, they fought. They were up big in that game. And, you know, Phoenix got the best of them. Phoenix is just a better team than they are. They are a finals contender when the Knicks aren't a true finals contender. So just during this whole run, it's really been magical and made you feel so proud to be a Knicks fan that, you know, nine in a row to even think about by any team no matter what team doesn't happen in the NBA very often we see teams like the Rockets losing 20 in a row but winning nine 10 games in a row in today's NBA is difficult so you know I gotta get I gotta tip my hat and, and give a round of applause because this <laughs> these last two weeks were just since that Grizzlies game I was at we're just a thrill to watch now nah, it's awesome it's awesome to see and it's awesome to like be a part of witnessing that comeback I mean this team at the beginning of the season, they had him pegged at almost last place. Wouldn't even give him a, you know, a Scooby snack. Now, I mean, they're getting that full course plate. They're getting kibbles and bits 
and all that. And, and I'll tell you, this is is one thing I've been thinking about. And, and Jake, you're right as far as talking about the atmosphere at the Garden. They've become must-watch. Now, I know early on in the year, we were starting to get excited about this team and the potential and liked the development of the young core guys and Randall and Barrett. And we talk about it with Quickly, and they were exciting. And finally, in comparison to years past, you would say, wow, this is a, a team finally that's worth your time. But now it's next level. Now it's must-watch. And they were going out there putting performances on that good teams do, Banking teams that they were better than. And even in the loss to the Suns, you know, they're battling. There's no giveaway games where they get down 15 early and they just, you know, that's it. It's a snooze fest at the Garden and the Knicks go quietly into the night. Even in the losses, they battle back. And it made me think, this is one of my favorite Knicks teams in my lifetime watching them as a fan. I'm not going to separate any of the 90s years. I think that that all goes together, even though there were different cores with Ewing, Starks, and Oakley, or Sprewell, Camby, and Houston, however you want to separate those 90s. Teams, but for me, it's the 90s Knicks and this team. I like this team better than the 54-win season with Carmelo Anthony. Now, they have to do some damage here in the postseason. We'll see what the Knicks can do. But just as far as watching them fall in love with this team, because they do it the right way. They're a true team. Chemistry, selfless play. They play passionately. They play hard each and every night. They care so much. This New York Knicks team, this season of Knicks basketball, no question going to be one of my favorites of all time in in my 41 years or whatever. How many? I'm 41 years old. However many years of watching the Knicks. Yeah, when, when the team is expected to win 20 games and there are six wins away from JYD getting us playoff tickets if they get to 40, uh, they got to go six and four the rest of the way. It, it really is special. And, you know, even when guys are out, like Alex Burks has still been out with COVID protocols. It looks like he'll miss Wednesday against the Bulls. He's He's been a key player to this team. So when guys are out, guys step up and a cog in, in the thorn. I don't know the saying. I don't know how to a say thorn it. thorn in the side. A thorn in the side. Since D. Rose has gotten here, he's really added something special and a veteran presence that this team has has needed and when other guys are off if quickly is off if Randall may have a rare off night Derek Rose and you saw it down the stretch even last night where he was making big shots and floaters and attacking the rack he creates and getting him I mean you almost have to laugh at the people who were mad about that trade because what he has done to this team has made them from a fringe playoff team to a team that could make the second round of the playoffs and I attribute that a lot you know we always credit Randall of course and these role players I don't think Derrick Rose you know as I said in the Knicks rap that I did 32 years old give out your flowers to Rose well hand him your flowers get the roses go to 1-800-Flowers get him a dozen roses pay, pay the premium because he deserves it. And now he's a guy I look at as maybe a veteran you bring back on a one-year deal for whatever they do. If it's Chris Paul, if it's Lonzo Ball, whatever player they get, he's a guy you bring off the bench who is so pivotal. And this second run for Derrick Rose is better than his first run. What he's brought to this team, the older Derrick Rose, inject him in my veins. Forget the MVP Derrick Rose. Give me the veteran 32-year-old Derrick Rose who has really been a huge part of this Knicks team. He's a huge part. And you're absolutely right. I mean, this guy, has been the unsung hero he doesn't get any accolades he's not getting the front page of the post he's not getting any of that but he's quietly knocking down 20 point games five assist nights during that stretch and you know just just coming up big like just in droughts you know you need a big bucket he's got it just that consistency and I think that you're absolutely right without him the playoffs wouldn't look like this the picture wouldn't look like this because since that his addition the team has only gotten better 
He's been great. And we talked about the Knicks not doing anything in the deadline. And I know fans, to your point, Jake, didn't love, for whatever reason, the acquisition rose. Oh, he's going to take minutes away from quickly. I mean, what are you guys kidding me? They, they need help, all the help that they could get, especially back then. Rose turned out to be the big acquisition. And he's been huge for this team. Who would have thought? He doesn't look old to me. He doesn't look washed to me. He looks tremendous. So he may not be the MVP, Derek Rose, but he is more than capable right now of producing quality minutes. More importantly, what is up with us? Are we going to the stake down? Are we going to the playoff games? I mean, we're here now, JYD. This is it. 10 games to go. The Knicks are going to be in the playoffs. They've crushed that 30-win mark. I mean, when are we celebrating here on Big Apple Buckets? Am I getting ahead of ourselves? Hey, we're going. Hey, I'm going to find us a sizzler. Trust me, I'm going to find us a sizzler. We ain't going going to sizzlers. Peter Lukers and then the playoff (laughs) game. We get dinner and then we go to the game. That's the only acceptable one night only, in the words of uh, uh, Dream Girls, one night only. Uh, We get the steak dinner and then we go to the game, JYD. So call Heimowitz, call your Knicks rep, call the alumni relations, and, you know, make it happen. <laughs> and I don't need, JYD, you don't have to foot the bill for us. I just want to get this thing going here. I mean, let, let's go. Hey. You, you got to get on the East Coast, and we got to make this thing happen. Hey, don't make me hop on a plane next week. <laughs> Look, we going to get our state. We get, in the, we get in the expanded capacity for playoffs, so that's when we'll have a couple thousand more fans at the Garden. And I got to tell you, even last night, too, I, I've said it over and over, the place is rocking with 1,800. So even the thought at 4,000, 4,500, if it does go to 25%, is pretty cool. Because And you see it. These guys are always, you know, they're raising their hands. They're pumping up the crowd. They feed off that we need energy. We put that out on Twitter, too, and Instagram. If you want JYD and the Big Apple Buckets team podcast extraordinaire guys, at your steakhouse, send us a DM. Send Jumpstart a DM right right. now, and we will be there to promote your restaurant right on Big Apple. But it's a good point. JYD knows how to do it. I I will say this. I've been talking, you know, Jake goes to all these games left and right, and there's no way I could do that right now. You know, my wife, we just had a baby, so there's no chance. However, there is a difference between the regular season where you ask and the playoffs where you just do. I mean, in the playoffs, you go. In the regular season, you add, hey, do you mind if I go to the game with Jake and JYD? Well, no, we just had a baby. What are you, nuts? But the playoffs, it's, all right, honey, I'll see you later. I'm going to the garden tonight. Get the best babysitter on the east of the Mississippi that night, Sal. Figure it out. I'm going to the game. Hey, at the steak dinner, you know, that steak dinner, you you know, you had to bring, bring the missus back a steak. Yeah, well, whatever, right? Whatever gets it done. But uh, steak dinner and playoffs at the Garden. Hey, you know what? All kidding aside, those are things that you can't buy. Is a steak dinner, yes. But that experience of going to a playoff game at the Garden, unfortunately, it's been too long. I mean, even since the last time that they made the playoffs, but we're talking about in general over the last two decades, that's why this is special. And that's why this year, regardless of what the expectations coming in were, Nick fans should be taking this for real because they are a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference, being the fourth seed right now. And, you know, who knows how it's going to match up or end up in the first round, whatever their matchup is, but they can legitimately win that round and keep it going and give you some excitement through the second round. So I think this season has been, for me as a fan, one of the more fun seasons that I've ever witnessed. Bring the baby, bring the wife, bring the whole family, get a sitter, do what you need to do, get her a nice bottle of wine. We're going to make this happen and it's going to be maybe Memorial Day weekend of the playoffs. (laughs) Hell, it might be the second round of the playoffs we're going to because the Knicks look like if they get that four seed, baby, I think if now if they get you know six or below i'm a little worried but if they get the four or the five i think they win the first round Ooh, i can go with that i can go with that shoot come I on think now beat, 
They can beat Milwaukee, too. I, I I wouldn't mind that matchup. And like I said, in the second round, I want the Nets, even though I know that that's a tall task. I just would love to see that matchup. All right, anyway, we'll see if they can keep it going here over the next at least three games before we record our next podcast. And then really hits the tough stretch after that next week at Denver on Wednesday, at Phoenix on Friday, then the Clippers and Lakers followed, uh, you know, follow that up on Sunday and Tuesday before they close out at home with the Spurs, Hornets, and the Celtics. Coming up next, we're going to talk to an NBA legend. JYD goes into the dog pound, his doghouse, and he gets another legendary guest for us. George Gervin, the Iceman, will join us on the other side on Big Apple Buckets. Right now, it is our pleasure to be joined by a legendary NBA player, nine-time NBA All-Star, NBA All-Star Game MVP. He was one of the NBA's 50th anniversary all-time team members. He is the Iceman, George Gervin, joining us now. JYD, you hooked it up with another one of your dog pound members, the Iceman. When the Iceman put his hands on the two basketballs that were ice, it was etched in stone forever in basketball. You know, it pit him. The Iceman is here. What's up, George? Hey, what's up, JT? How you doing, man? You good? Man, I'm good, man. I'm doing good, man. Always a pleasure to have you on, brother. I just want to hop right into it because I want you to give me your hottest story of the garden, planting the garden back in the day. That was, you know, that was vintage time. So give me your, give me your, give me your uh, Madison Square Garden moment. Well, I mean, just being in the garden is, is probably a moment for me. I mean, you know, especially since we came up from the ABA, I mean, and, and then playing in the small market, you know, like San Antonio, man. Uh, you know, I mean, where are you going to get recognized as a ball player, man, unless you're in the garden, man, or, you know, you're in the Chicago Stadium. So the garden, man, was, you know, for me, man, that was basketball mecca, man. You know, the form. Them the cities, man. Man, especially New York, man. When I played in New York, man, I wanted to entertain the New Yorkers, man. I mean, you know, that's where legends are made, man, in New York. So to be able to come in the garden, man, and, and get 40, come on, man. You know that was special. I want to know what it was like covering Clyde Frazier. Now, he was a point guard. You were shooting guard. But no one styles and profiles like Clyde, and you got to go up against him. What was covering Clyde like? Well, I mean, you know, Clyde, I came in, Clyde was on his way out, you know, so I didn't get the best of Clyde, you know, I mean, it's like any of us, you know, when we had a luxurious career like Clyde, um, you know, he was pretty much on his way out. So just being able to play against a legend like he, you know, was just something special. I mean, so, you know, I was a young man playing against him, man, you know, so, you know, I was in awe. You know, I was in all before the game. I was in all after the game. And then, you know, I was in all when I saw he came out of the locker room dressed like he was dressed. So, you know, that was always special, man, to, you know, to be in the company of Clyde Frazier. Did he have the big uh, fur coat when he came out the dressing room? <laughs> and the fur hat. You know, and <laughs> so, Clyde so, you know, Yeah, I mean, he had, his, you know, he had his own style, man. I mean, that's what made him so special, man. We all know he can hoop, you know, but, you know, I mean, Clyde, man, always been, man, just a, 
you know, a wonderful person, man. I mean, and, you know, and I got to talk about more about that than I do his basketball, man. Cause, you know, just think about it, man. He's still part of that organization today, man. That, you know, that, that speaks volumes, uh, you know, who he really is and who he, you know, really represent, you know, being a Nick. George, for younger fans like myself who maybe didn't get the chance to watch you play, we've still heard about you and you just, your name, you know, legendary, the nickname, legendary, the Iceman. Take me through that. At what point did you become the Iceman? Was there a specific moment, a specific season? How'd you get that moniker, the Iceman, that we've become so familiar with, uh, uh, you know, associating you with? Well, you know, first thing, I'm sorry that you was too young and couldn't really see me play live. <laughs> that's why they made YouTube. That's why they made YouTube. We can go back and watch. Yeah. They don't make them like they used to, that's for sure. Uh, well, uh, you know, it, you know, it ain't the same, man, to be a part of, uh, you know, a live game. You know that yourself, man. But, you know, I became the Iceman in the ABA, you know, playing with the Virginia Squires. And my teammate, Fatty Taylor, you know, whom was my point guard at the time, he the one gave me the name Iceman and stuff, man. You know, I'm from Detroit, you know what I mean? So I had that style of, you know, being from Detroit. So I dressed real well. Uh, you know, I kept on gaiters and and, you know, the ties and hats and, and, and I hooped, you know, I mean, so, you know, that's kind of like how I start being called the Iceman, man. And then, you know, Fatty used to always say, man, you get 30, man, and you don't even sweat, man. So all that tied in to, you know, me coming up or them coming up with that name Ice. What do you think of today's style of play, Iceman, when you watch some of these guys? You, you could talk about you, know, you being a scorer yourself, and I know the scoring is wide open now with no defense. You could talk about the guys resting some nights, just getting a maintenance day. Your thoughts on when you watch some of the current athletes in today's NBA, while they are extremely talented, you know, like I said, they don't make them like they used to. How do you view today's NBA compared to back when you were playing? Well, I mean, it's a lot different. I mean, you know, you can't touch guys. I mean, that's more like college, you know what I mean? And, you know, I mean, but it still don't take away from the talent that the guys have. Um, you know, when I played and stuff, you can put your hands on a guy. So, you can, you know, you can stop the guy's forward progress. You can put your arm on them. I mean, so it was a little bit more physical, you know, back when we played. But the game has changed and evolved. You know, when I first started and stuff, um, you know, especially when we joined the NBA, there wasn't no three-point shot, you know. So the game was played inside out when I played. I mean, so now the game is played outside in. So, you know, it kind of, like I say, evolved. I mean, it changed. I mean, it's more like the ABA is today, like the ABA was yesterday. So how I feel about it, I feel good to see some entertaining basketball. I mean, it's it's more entertainment now than, you know, I think, you know, it was back in the day and stuff, man. So I'm still excited about the game, man. I mean, we global, you know, so, you know, people from all over the world is a part of the NBA. I mean, the market is all around the world. I mean, so for me, I'm just proud to be a part of the foundation, man, to see where this game is today, man. So, you know, I'm real proud of that. And I'm still proud of the NBA, man. We still got some talent in the league, man. I mean, they can kind of spin it however they want, man. It's, it's still exciting to see, man. We got some great talent in there, man. I've been excited this last few weeks, man, just to see Steph Curry shooting that ball, man. That brother, man, is shooting a rock, man. I mean, from <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it's still, 
it's still exciting to me, man. And I'm, you know, I'm still in the front office with the Spurs, man. So I'm still proud just to be a part of, man, of this, you know, this this global basketball now. Yeah, and, and there's no nicknames like the Iceman. I'll say that a lot of great players, but no great nicknames like you had. And guys, we'd be remiss if we didn't realize that today is the Iceman's 69th birthday. Happy birthday to the Iceman. <laughs> Happy birthday to George. Happy birthday to George. Happy birthday to Iceman. Happy birthday to you. That's why we had to have Big Apple Buckets, Iceman's Day, where he's on the Big Apple Buckets. Are, are the bottles on Showing deck? out in New York on his birthday. We got bottles on ice. Do we got Iceman bottles? <laughs> Hey man, I'm, I'm I'm proud of the day I was born. You know, which I'm 69 years old. Uh, you know, it's a special time. You know, for me just to be alive this long, man. I mean, you know, during these times, man, where we lose so many, man, to this pandemic, man, and to be able to celebrate another day of life, man, I'm really appreciated, man. So, guys, thank you very much, man, for you know acknowledging my. 69 day of, of birth. Yeah, it's a great life, George. How about today's NBA? You talked about it, uh, comparing it to, to yesteryear, but with the Knicks in particular, they've been playing really well. Is there any player that jumps out to you? You could, I mean, you mentioned Steph Curry. You could go around the league if you want. With the Knicks specifically, it's been Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Your thoughts on maybe Julius Randle as he's turned into a legit superstar for the New York Knicks? Man, I'm proud of him, man. I mean, he went through a lot early on in his you know career, you know, especially coming out of Lakerland and, you know, playing against and you know obviously you know one of the greatest to ever play man is Kobe and you know man just to see him turn into the ball player man that I always thought he had that potential to be man uh, you know man you know once you get your confidence in this league man I mean you really can excel man and you can tell man Randall then got his confidence man you know he'd have been around the league a few times and, and it kind of gets to show you man you know sometimes man you just got to fit into that right spot to really be able to excel and I, I think he found the you know the right team man to you know to really be able to excel man and he's in the garden man so you know man once you get rolling and you're in the garden I mean Madison Square Garden New York City basketball Mecca come on man I mean uh, you know hats off to him man I hope you keep it up man I hope Nick you know keep it up man and making basketball exciting again and uh, you know in the city where we all think basketball was born man so kudos to that brother man and, and the Knicks man I know Spike is a, probably uh, uh, is excited <laughs> <laughs> you know he's you know he's excited what what do you think it's like for uh Julius to take on basically you know the the shoulders of New York and be that MVP, similar to what you had to do for San Antonio and carrying a team throughout the playoffs. You know, talk a little bit about, you know, that that comparison. He have to be understanding, man, is he playing the game like it's designed, and that's as a team. You know, to be able to excel out of that team effort, man, you know, where everybody getting involved, and that, and he's the one really rising up, uh, you know, as far as saying who the man of that team is right now. I think that's, you know, that's the key, man. I 
mean, you know, I would say to him, just, you know, stay humble, you know, um, you know, keep letting your teammates know, man, that you couldn't do it without them. You know, I think them are all the attributes, man, that, that would keep him going. Don't get to reading your headlines and, you know, people telling you how great you are. I mean, and don't you say how great you are. I mean, just keep playing the game, man, and playing it like you are, man, and having fun, man. And I think he can stay in this in this mold that he in, man, if he, you know, if he understand that. Are there players that have come to you for advice or talked about your game back in the day, guys that have looked up to you or tried to emulate your style that you talk to that are in the current game? Well, I mean, I guess the one that I can think of right off my head is, is Tobias Harris with Philly. You know, I've been knowing him since he was a kid. I mean, so, you know, he'd been coming to San Antonio, staying with me for years, man. We working on, you know, different, you know, fundamentals of his game, you know. And, I mean, he didn't took off, man. I mean, uh, you know, he's an all-star that just haven't been picked to be an all-star yet. And, you know, and just, you know, stay focused and, you know, your turn will come, man. So, um, you know, I didn't work with, you know, a few of the guys, you know, in the past, you know, just with fundamentals of the game, man. And, and enjoy it, man. I, I don't know who know me or who recognize me. I mean, if you could read and, you, like you say, you got YouTube. And if you pull up George Gervin, it'll tell you a little story about George. I mean, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it, man. I mean, uh, the stories are infamous, George. The stories are infinite. And, and I love and I this, give him a little story during the summer, you know, ice and junkyard. We get together in this big three league by ice cube. And George is the head coach of team ghosts. I'm playing on power. And one day our teams had to like, you know, collaborate in the gym. We had one half, they had one half. And someone challenged George to just, you know, hey, George, can you still shoot? Gave George the ball, right? He's stepping behind the three-point line, makes like five in a row. <laughs> then we just had to shut him down. <laughs> Like, it, it, you didn't even get him in a warm-up shot. He just starts hitting. That's ice. I want to see cold. ice score on he you, JYD. I want to see him score he on you. He's cold. He's the ice man. <laughs> hey, man, I love the Jay. I mean, I love the game, man. I had a true passion for the game, man. So what did I do? I worked on it. I mean, if you want to get better, man, you know, you got to work. Man, I mean, again, you got to work the right way to get better, man. So when you come out on that flow, man, you know what you put in, you know, to come out, man. So, you know, I think that was my gift, man. I, I think the passion and the love that I had for, game, for the game, man, just, you know, stayed with me, man, and made me the ball player that I have, you know, once was. So proud of it. Iceman, you, your final year in the NBA happens to be with Michael Jordan and with the Bulls. What was it like with a, a young Jordan before he really was on the map and winning titles? Can you take us through being the teammate of a young uh, Michael Jordan? Hold on, hold on. Before you answer that, George, tell them the story about when Mike was hurt and you had to show him. You had to show him you could still give him 30, 40 a night. Well, I mean, it was fun too, man, you know, because, yeah, that was my last year in Chicago and, you know, so, you know, I'm playing with Mike. I mean, you know, you know so, you know, we in, in training camp. So, you know, in training camp, you know how training camp is, J.D., you know, we all getting in shape and, you know, getting ready. And now I'm a, you know, I'm a 
what, 14-year vet. So, you know, I'm on my last leg. So, you know, you got a young Mike that's his second year. So we practicing, man. Man, this brother's playing all hard and stuff, man. You know, pushing and, you know, knocking everybody down. It's not, hey, young fella, what's up? You say, oh, oh, you say, oh man, hey, what's up, man? You say, oh, oh, old man, we're going to sit down. I say, man, I think I will, man. I'm going to sit down because the season ain't started yet. But that was his that was his desire, man. He had that pride and desire, man. So the season start, you know, and he get hurt. He broke his foot. So, you know, now he got to sit down for 30 some games. So now he got to watch the Iceman. So, you know, I had some, you know, I had some Iceman of old nights. You know, I mean, you know, because I was the old ice man then, but I had some ice man of old night. So I remember we was in Dallas and stuff. And so we playing in Dallas and, you know, at halftime, I ended up with 35. So after the second half, but, you know, I mean, probably ended up with about 42. So Mike came up to me and said, hey, he started laughing and said, hey, hey, old man, what happened? I said, hey, young fella, I was just kind of showing you how it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that, man. That is tremendous. <laughs> but, man, I, you know, I, I, I knew his potential, man. I, I knew his potential, man, back then. I didn't know he was going to be as great as he was. But, you know, man, for a guy like me, man, to start my career with a Julius Irvin and finish it with a Michael Jordan, man, you know, uh, you know, it was real special to me, man. You know, they always try to compare, man. Well, who was the best, man? Both of them was the best. Both of them was the best, and Ice was the rest. <laughs> but you never saw him becoming the GOAT. I mean, people say good Jordan or LeBron's the GOAT. Early on, it seems like uh, you never would have saw the greatness and six rings and a dynasty that Jordan put together, huh? Hey, man, he's special, man. I mean, in his era, nobody did it better, you know? I mean, so when you try to jump into another era and try to compare it's not the same the game is not even played the same so it's just a conversation piece man you know i mean to me it's just wasted words man i mean because they all you know why they people always try to compare greatness to greatness man when you great you great it don't matter you know so now is he greater than mike or lebron you know vice versa i'm saying man it don't matter to me both of them great both of these guys have done things very few have done you to me man that's you know, that's the ticket. I mean, I, that that's enough for me, you know. But if you want to have a conversation, man, which can go on forever, man, you know, you can start comparing. To me, that ain't fair, but, you know, life ain't fair. Right, because then if you pick one side or the other, it's kind of like you're knocking one, and how can you knock all-time greats? But how about for you personally, George, who's the best that you've ever either played with or played against? Best player in your era on the court, same time as you, either with the, you know on your team or against? Give me, Give me that guy. Wow, man. I mean, I played with Julius. I mean, and I played with Mike. So, you know, that's your answer, man, when you start talking about <laughs> eras. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's real it's real easy to me and stuff, man. I mean, if you want to say who, you know, who guarded me the hardest, uh, something like that, I may have a real answer for you. And I would say nobody. I mean, I ain't think nobody could stop me. I mean, so. <laughs> I... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, J.D., I, I got 51% career with 26,000 points. So, Talk to him. Think, Talk to him. I, I, I ain't think I nobody can guard. I ain't think 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 nobody
Yeah, man. But, you know, man, it is what it is, man. You know, and I feel real good about me and my contribution to the game, man. So, you know, I really don't worry about what the next man say, man, because uh, I love that game, man. And I hope these uh, these guys playing today, man, love it like I did, man. And you'll have a lot of joy, man, uh, you know, after it's over, man. I, I don't have no stress about that game, man. Uh, I'm in paradise. I'm always fascinated, Iceman, about guys who got to play like Kareem and and Wilt and those legends and just watching the sky hook go up. I mean, wasn't that a marvel to watch? Even though he was your opponent, you were going against him. I mean, you talked about some of those legends, but guys like Kareem and, and Magic with those sky hooks and what they were able to do must have been pretty special. Man, you know, and I give them all the credit in the world, man. Them two guys, man, because, you know, for us, San Antonio, man, that's why I really, we didn't ever win a championship because we had to go through the Lakers, you know what I mean? So, you know, we had to go through a Magic and, and Kareem and Worthy and Cooper, you know what I mean? Them guys, man, was bonafide basketball legends. That's man, the original you know? super team. That was super teams before yeah. super teams man, today. Man, man, you talking about some guys, man. I mean, and then once Magic came along, man. And, but, you know, man, people don't know this, man. And, and, and Mr. Buss is gone, so he's no longer here to, you know, to get approved. They tried to get me to come down there and play in L.A. But, see, I'm, I'm the kind of guy saying, I don't want to join Magic. I want to beat Magic. I didn't like that idea, man. They wanted to give up three first-round draft picks for me to come play with the Lakers, man. I, I just couldn't see that, man. I couldn't see me going and playing with somebody, man, that I think I can beat, man, that is great. For me, it was exciting to me say, man, I'll take that challenge, man. I think I can beat y'all. Now, it didn't happen, but I still took that challenge, you know what I mean? Because that's the kind of guy I was. That's how I was bred, man. I, I ain't want nothing to Easy, man. I want to, you know, I want to win something that is hard, man. It was hard to beat them brothers, man. And it was the same way with with the bullets. You know, we was in um, the semis with the bullets, man. We couldn't beat Alvin Hayes, Bobby Dandridge, West Sale. Hey, man, they shoot, man. They ended up winning in '78, man. Cause we had them down three-one. We had our shots to win it all, man. But we ran into some some teams, man, that knew how to win down the stretch. You know, that's the key in having success. There's only one team to win, man. And them Lakers, man. Just think about it, man. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Skyhook is going to be known forever. And George Gervin's finger roll going to be known forever. (laughs) 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 Perfect note to wrap it up on. I mean, look, I I love the fact. I love the fact that you'd rather try to win it on your own with your team and go beat those guys than go join them. George, we've we've seen it be the opposite now in, in the NBA where you have guys, you know, LeBron famously teaming up with his friends in in Miami, Kevin Durant going to join the Golden State Warriors and then, for, you know, forming that big three now in Brooklyn. It, it does take away from it as far as I'm concerned. And by the sound of it, it, it maybe takes a little bit away from it from as your concern as well. You have a, a little bit of an issue with guys now trying to join, go chase that championship as opposed to staying put and trying to beat those great teams. Well, I mean, you know, I don't have an issue with it because they have that right. I love it, you know, because, you know, you think about Spencer, you think about Oscar, man, it can't take away from them guys, man, and what they went through to make this uh, uh, an opportunity for guys to have that opportunity to do it. But for me as an individual and what I believe in, I'm saying, hey, man, I don't care who you is, man. I think I can beat you. I don't want to join you. You know, I want to beat you. I mean, so in, in, in that aspect of it, um, you know, that's just the way I felt. But, you know, again, man, they sell it like 
if you don't win a championship, you ain't had no career. You know, your career wasn't fulfilled. That's what, you know, think about it. That's what the media sell. If you ain't won it all, you can't really have nothing to say. I'll take any one of them guys to say that or been on a championship team and compare him with ice and he don't stand a chance. I don't think there's any question about it. You can't dispute the resume. One of the all-time greats, Hall of Famer, NBA's 50th anniversary all-time team. Uh, He has his number retired by the Spurs, nine-time All-Star. I mean, just a tremendous, legendary player, George the Iceman Gervin, and the birthday boy. Happy birthday! Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All right, guys. 365 days, I'll be 70. There we go. (laughs) Thanks, Iceman. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks, man. That does it for us for episode number 43, the Hawthorne Wingo edition, RIP, of Big Apple Buckets, our next podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Give Big Apple Buckets a five-star rating. Write a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For JYD, Jerome Williams, I'm Sal Licata. We'll chat with you guys once again next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in each week. We appreciate it. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Knicks. <laughs>